Welcome everybody to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo and this week the not-so-stereotypical millennials will once again be going back to the World Video Game Hall of Fame. Seems to be our annual tradition at this point. This week I'm lucky enough to be joined by Michael R. Power. Ian Walter. And uh, now that I say that it's an annual tradition, it actually is. This is the third time, third year in a row that we're doing this. The first time we did it, we were uh, still pre-pandemic and we had a group of four or five of us in one room and we sort of talked about it. And then last year we were in our own spaces like we are now and we're going to keep it going. It's sort of a fun, uh, a fun excuse to talk about video games. So if anyone doesn't know, the Strong National Museum of Play, which is in New York State in uh, Rochester, has... Every year, they have a toy and video game hall of fame. So the way that they describe it is there's a list of, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 finalists for this year. And three of those games that receive the most public votes will be submitted onto one ballot and join the other top three submissions from members of the National Selection Advisory Committee, And then the public will collectively act as one member of that committee as well. So everyone's votes that go to the website, that go to the Strong Museum of Play website and the World Video Game Hall of Fame, the more votes, the more impact you're going to have on what gets picked. So without further ado, I will give us the finalists for this year. And we're going to choose what we think will be on this. So they've been doing this for, for about seven or eight years now. There are currently... 32 games that are inducted. We'll go through some of those as we as we keep talking, as we go along. Um, actually, before I get into the 2022 finalists, in 2021, the inductees were Animal Crossing, the original one for GameCube, Microsoft mm-hmm. Flight Simulator, StarCraft, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, which is hard to argue with any of those. I think I honestly think Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego is one of your choices, Dave. It was I'm one of my choices. It was. Yeah, it was the year before, and uh, and then it came up as a nominee. I'm like, yeah, I'm voting for that right away. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So okay. So that was 2021. Um, and if you go back and listen to, I think it's episode 85, 86 of our uh, of our podcast, you can listen to our discussion about 2021 as well. 2022. The finalists, the 12 games that are up for votes that anybody can vote on are Assassin's Creed, Candy Crush Saga, Dance Dance Revolution, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Minesweeper, Miss Pac-Man, NBA Jam, Parappa the Rapper, Resident Evil, Rogue, Sid Meier's Civilization, and Words with Friends. So those are our 12. Well... Talk about wow. those as we go. It's all kind of, yeah. very worthy. All incredibly worthy, I think. Maybe maybe there's a couple in there that are mobile games that people like us are not so high on. But I think legitimately those are all worthy games of, of being in a game Well, they all have game. impact, right? Like, so yeah. what? I, I don't play Candy Crush. Doesn't mean it doesn't have impact. Doesn't mean it's not important. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. and it's still, and it's definitely still kicking. That's for sure. So, <laughs> um, okay. So each of us are going to pick uh, one that we think we want to vote for. And uh, Mr. Ian Walter, I'm going to go to you first. All right. Um, This might not be the only time this gets mentioned, but it's one of my favorite N64 games of all time. And a big contender in our back in my day video game of the 90s conversation. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is my vote.
definitely been voting for it as much as I can. Um, hoping that it gets in because, you know, The Legend of Zelda in general is a really popular franchise. The original game is a lot of fun, very difficult. I'd say there's a level of difficulty to most of the games in the franchise. And, and I'm sure, even though I haven't played all the newest ones, I'm sure there are arguments to be made over why one is better than the other. But we talk a lot about how N64 in a lot of ways brought elevated the platformer, elevated like these, uh, you know, adventure RPG style games from sort of the 2D uh, side scroller. Um, in this case, it would have been a top down scroller and into just a completely new 3D world that you can roam around in as Link. So I think I owe a lot of my love for the franchise in general to this particular game because it kept my love going for the original Legend of Zelda and it and it uh, it enhanced it in a lot of ways with the with the new sort of style the it kind of set the the standard for how you play Zelda games going forward yeah I mean it 100% changed what went forward right mm-hmm. yeah so Ian yes thank you for voting for Zelda everyone if you listen <laughs> to this you'll know Legend of Zelda I consider this one Ocarina of Time to be my favorite game of all time and I brought this up obviously when we did our first, when we reviewed the nominees three years ago and we made mm-hmm. recommendations, this was the first game that I recommended because it's my favorite game. Now, the original uh, NES Zelda is already in the Hall of Fame. Yes, So it is. this, I'm not, I can't remember, but this could be, if it makes it, you know, the first time two games from the same series are in the Hall of Fame, possibly. Um, we have to fact check that, but that would be kind of cool. And I think if any game series, you know, deserves it, it's probably going to be a Mario game or, or Zelda. So I would vote Zelda, but since Ian, um, since Ian already you know stole my thunder there, I'll also say I think that um, uh, Miss Pac-Man also really deserves to be there. That's, that would be the second one I would vote. Which for. would be another another franchise that would be doubled up because the original Pac-Man's also in there as well. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original Pac-Man so- is there. But, um, yeah, so the original Le- Legend of Zelda for NES was inducted in 2016, so the Hall of Fame's second year, so it was an early pick for sure, and probably an obvious one, just like, mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with you guys, Ocarina of Time is is sort of an obvious pick, whether it gets in this year or another year, it, it's gonna get there, I think, <laughs> I think it's gonna I get there, so. so, yeah, yeah, I, I think so, and, um, and Miss Pac-Man, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, like, the patterns and some of the levels were the difference, like, What's the biggest difference between Miss Pac-Man and the original? Because I'm I'm not it's, super familiar. It's the it's yeah more sophisticated mazes, or they say, and it's the AI and the smarter opponents. I think mm-hmm. that was the big difference. That, that which makes sense. It's a few years later. Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, my vote will be um, a very early one. This is one that I'm actually somewhat surprised isn't in here or hasn't been in here. Although you know, there's. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of games to choose from. So, hey, it, it is what it is. But I think it's Minesweeper. I think Minesweeper should be in there because I would say that, I don't know, 70%, 80% of people that have ever had a computer in their home have played this in some way or another. And it is a very simple yet tricky puzzle game to figure out when you don't really know what the rules are. You know, it's it's based off of other ideas and you can really sort of go crazy with it in a really large play area. But I think Minesweeper is kind of like Tetris. I think Tetris is probably even above this for sure. Um, but Minesweeper is kind of like anyone can play it. And then once you have like a general brief sense of, of what it takes to play it, 
you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, I'm going to follow the numbers. I'm going to follow the flags. I'm going to sort of clear the space over I, here. I, think I, I love it. My uh, my my reason I think Minesweeper should make it, because I do agree with you, Dave, is that it's a game that would get people who wouldn't traditionally call themselves gamers to play. It gets like your accountant and, you know, you say like everyone in the world is a vi- at this point in time, especially now, basically everyone in the world is a gamer and plays yeah, some sort of video yeah. games. And it's true. Whether they know it or not. <laughs> you know, maybe it's some like guy, some accountant, you know, he only has his windows and, you know, but he plays Minesweeper every now and then just to, you know, clear his mind. Well, that's a game. Or just out of pure now. boredom, right? <laughs> yeah, out of pure boredom. That's what it's <laughs> yeah. Out of pure boredom. Here's nothing else. Well, maybe that's from people's introduction. It's the first game they played. I remember playing and, you know what I mean? So it's introduction for a lot of people. And how but, many times did we uh, play Minesweeper? Because all we had was a microsoft computer and we just wanted to play something right like well that's exactly what it is i think you're right i think that's actually probably the biggest reason um is exactly what you just said and it's one of the reasons why solitaire is also on here because they were both put on windows pcs in the early 90s actually just hit the 30th anniversary of minesweeper being released uh just last week or the week before so it's you know it's a it's a 30 year old game that was that was given basically just given if you had windows which you pretty much everyone did at that point, or at least slowly did in the 90s, you were just given this game that whether you played, like you guys said, through boredom or because it was the only game you had access to, you played it just like people did the same with Solitaire. You can laugh at it as much as you want, but I mean, it was there in front of everybody and everyone <laughs> attempted to play it, whether you knew what you were doing or not, because I don't yeah. know about you guys, but- For all no ages. Yeah, there's no way I knew what I was doing with Minesweeper when I first played it. It's like shooting probably... fish in a barrel, you know? Just like... That's what it felt like. Yeah, it's like, what are these I numbers I remember figuring it out like years later and being like, that's yeah. how you play it. You know? Oh, that that's I what actually... the numbers mean. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked getting like a high number thinking like not really knowing what it meant, just being like, yeah, I win the game. Like, <laughs> I got the highest score? number. <laughs> <laughs> and not even really understanding like the size of the board and what that would really do to the game or anything. It was just okay, just going to keep clicking and hopefully I don't hit a bomb. <laughs> like That's all it was. Um, yeah, so my vote, my vote's Minesweeper. I mean, there's there's lots, there's obvious, I think every single one of these, like you said before, Mike, I think has its own reason and its own way of being impactful. And like, there's there's no, you, you can't you can't doubt anyone's choice out of any of these 12 games. Yeah, I think much, much like, you know, sports Hall of Fames, I do think there is some sort of, you know, waiting period that's kind of needed. And I something agree. like yeah. Assassin's Creed feels too new to me. Mm. Um, even Words with Friends feels feels too new to me. But obviously things like Miss Pac-Man, the first Civilization, the first Resident Evil, NBA Jam, you know, those are all, those have all stood the test of time. You yeah. know, that's, I think for a game to make it to a Hall of Fame, that has to be one of the things it does, has to stand the test of time. Which, you know, I'm not saying Assassin's Creed's not going to do that, but it's just like, you know, I don't know if enough years have passed yet for, for me to vote on it. That's all. Yeah, it's definitely one of the newest ones on the list for sure. So, yeah. all right. So our vote is uh, Ocarina of Time, uh, Minesweeper, and Miss um, Pac-Man. Those will be our uh, our primary votes. You can go in and vote. I like any- our odds. I, I, I like our odds too, actually. We should we should put a wager. What are, what's our wager? <laughs> um, so you have until uh, until early May to get your votes in. And the final inductees are going to be revealed Thursday, May 5th of 2022. So that's where you can find that. And of course, you can vote at the Strong Museum website. So 
go ahead, vote as many times as you want, and uh, get get our get our votes up there. We got uh, we got our three as well. So, <laughs> um, okay, so we're also going to have this. We have this idea going through the year. We're going back twenty five years to nineteen ninety seven. We start started this at the beginning of March, so we thought we would pick three games that we think should be in there that have not made the list yet. One of those needs to be from 1997. That's how we're going to sort of limit ourselves here. So we're going to have our own personal picks. We may have discussed some of these in the past. It's been a couple of years now, of course, like I said before, but at least one of these is going to come from 1997 um, because 25 years ago, games were still still kicking and, and just really got us going into into a gaming life i think it's a it's sort of like a really key year this 95 to 99 area i think really probably hooked a lot of us and got us into games and 97 smack in the middle of that so um mike i'm gonna go to you first what's uh what's your first pick i don't know if you want to do the 97 pick first or if you want to do any of the others but um i'll save my 97 pick till till the end okay we'll Um, do those last so my my first pick is uh, solely because I've been on a bit of a, a regular Nintendo NES kick lately uh, since I found my uh, parents' Nintendo and I've been buying up some old games. Um, you know, it's the game... It's So it's, it's when I got the Nintendo. It's the first game that I... After Zelda, that I thought, you know, I want to play this game again. And I remember playing it for hours. And that's uh, a game... Duck Hunt, a game that came with the console. So I think just the sheer like um, you know amount of duck hunts out there to solve the console, the sheer amount of memories people have playing this game, you know, just the time people spent. Uh, it brought sort of an arcade style game to your home TV, which was kind of cool. And I think everyone has fun memories of it. So I think you know I think something like Duck Hunt. I know the original Mario that which was packaged with Duck Hunt is already in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, that was just the game that came to mind for me. Yeah, so and we talked about it not too long ago. I think like a month ago or something like that. We just like, how did that technology work? It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just that in itself. Weird. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. I mean, especially at that time, it's late '80s, and the arcade and console markets just had like this crash not that long before that, and all of a sudden you have like this sort of arcade idea in your living room, you know, or in your basement. Like that's that's awesome that they were able to do that. And, you know, Nintendo's not always known for its peripherals, really. I mean, you know, Mario Paint and stuff, but more recently it's like, okay, you have the Switch and you have the Switch and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. But this is like, if you think of like but Nintendo peripherals. Over any, uh, console is kind of trying, tries it, you know? Yeah. Maybe they go for it sometimes. So. Exactly, exactly. This is like a, this is a really good way to go for it, for sure. So, mm-hmm. nice, Duck Hunt. Um, Mr. Ian Walter, what do you got? Well, I mean, originally I was going to think, okay, well, there are definitely so many great Mario games. There's definitely room for some more of those up there, whether or not you want to go with Mario 64, because like I said, it kind of elevated the platform or something like, uh, you know, the Game Boy, my favorite, uh, Mario Land 2, a legend of uh, the golden coin, six golden coins. Six golden coins, um, yes. But uh, I'm going to steer away from the actual... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to steer away from the actual Mario platformer and actually okay. veer into a game that I think should make it in before any other Mario game, and that's Super Smash Bros. Ah, for the 64. nice. Because I think... Uh, it's definitely a game that it kind of followed yeah. the popularity of those big franchises like Super Mario Brothers and Pokemon and everything else, but it it just did it in such a unique way. And it's 
you know, I won't talk about it too much because it's a little bit of tease for another podcast I like to uh, frequent, which is Remember 64, which is uh, a little tease for what might might come down the pipe for, for another podcast. So day. But, is that uh, a 97 game? Or uh, no. Or is it, okay. That was 99, 99, I got another one. The only critique I have of that, Ian, is that I think if any... Um, Smash that it should be the game? GameCube one? It should be the GameCube one, yeah. Uh, I was following in the yeah. same vein that the original Super Mario Bros. made it, so maybe the original yeah. Smash Bros. will make it. And you'll hear uh, maybe a little bit to talk about which is uh, which is better, which came first, the chicken or the egg, when it comes to the Smash Bros. Smash Melee. Bros. It's, it's, it's just it's the one that has the longest last. It's the one still used in tournaments, basically. It's yeah, there's a, there's a lot of love you know, for both, but you don't, you don't get to Melee without the original, so that's my choice for right, uh, one yeah. of one of my choices for today. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Like I know what you're saying. The original, you know, deserves, but but I just, yeah. It's like Animal Crossing, the GameCube one made it, not the original. The really, really Like, one, right? in a lot of ways, I prefer Double Dash to Mario Kart 64, but like at the same time, we had so long without you know what I mean? We we had so much enjoyment out of the uh, and the first 64 Super version. Nintendo Mario Kart is the one in the Hall of Fame, not not the yes, Nintendo Super it Mario, is, which is yeah. surprising. I I think me. it's one of those. It's one of those. It's the first. I think that's part of it. Ian, you did all the legwork for me, man. I was going to tease my uh, that's my what I'm other saying, podcast. Man. I'm here guy. to take the pressure off a little bit, but I was I was gonna drop like you know Mike mentioned his favorite game of all time being Ocarina of Time. I was like, oh, Super Mario Bros. Three definitely could be a contender, but yep. I think before we do another Mario game, there are plenty of other Mario titles that deserve to. That's the true. There's there's tons. So as ENTs, I do have uh, another podcast. Uh, or, or I guess it's like a sister podcast, brother podcast, cousin. I don't know. Pick a pick a family member. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, they're related by blood. The only one for me is you. Something's gone wrong in the happy-go-lucky world of Nintendo. Only on Nintendo 64. Welcome to Remember 64, where this week, a new challenger is approaching. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is David Petrangelo. I'll be your host for this adventure as I collect, play, study, and discuss the classic console with you and fellow nerdy guests. So uh, Remember 64 is something that I started uh, within the last month. Ian is on uh, episode three, and we specifically talk about Super Smash Brothers. Um, so I go through a little bit of a history of the game, and then me and Ian sit down and we... Uh, we chat about our love for the game and for the series and some of the characters we really love, some of the stages we really like. So uh, if anyone's looking for that, that was is out at the end of March, uh, just before this episode drops. That will now be available. So you can uh, you can you can hear that anytime. Yeah, maybe in a lot of ways, my reacquainted love for uh, Super Smash Bros. is why why it became one of my Hey, there it is. So, All right, I did, so, I did something right this week. All right. <laughs> um, and uh, and in case anyone's wondering, remember 64, I'm going through as much of the 64 library as I can, while also sort of talking about a little bit of the history of each of those games and trying to talk to good fellows like Mr. Ian about, uh, about those games and our good times or sometimes bad times, depending on what game... I eventually get to so um, but Super Smash is the first 
game, official game that I'm having on the podcast. So it's a good sort of kickoff. And uh, we put up our Dukes and we talk about the game. So look for that on your podcast feed. Okay, enough about me. Let's talk about more games. Um, This one's somewhat obvious, I guess. And I feel like I probably have mentioned it in the past, but maybe not. Uh, Donkey Kong Country. first one the super nintendo version um you could do the game boy version too if you want it's really the same game but uh you know the second one is my favorite of all time but i would have to go for the first and put my vote in for that because the way it looks the way it plays all of those things is it was very very original at the time um new technology and how they actually got those graphics on the screen and into the cartridge and into your home so all of those things and i just love this series so much that uh, I have to put my vote in for Donkey Kong Country. I played it last year, the year, yeah, last last year, I think, um, on the Switch, because it's on the Super Nintendo uh, online uh, version there, and it's great. It's still awesome. You know, it's still really, really fun. It still has its difficult, frustrating spots, but all of these games do, and I'm totally fine with that. Uh, so yeah, my vote goes to Donkey Kong Country, the OG for Super Nintendo. Nice. What's your favorite mount in that game, randomly? Um, well, the first one has three or four. It has the fish. It has uh, the rhino. Um, it has the, the... No, the snake is the second one. Um, the ostrich, right? Ostrich. No, or the ostrich might be the second one as well. Is oh, it okay. the first? So it's oh. just rhino and then... And swordfish. Yeah. And then there's got to be one more maybe. But I think there is. Now I don't know why I'm blanking. But uh, I always like the rhino. I like sort of having like you can just run into people. Like, as long as you walk into them, he knocks them out. That's always fun. Um, but if I go, like, overall... Uh, oh, actually, the first one also has the parrot. I'm pretty sure. Mm. I could be wrong. But I really like the parrot. Parrot's awesome. I, I um, like the the swordfish, because uh, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the underwater levels, so anything yeah. that can kind of help me navigate them and <laughs> speed, zip around in them, that, that's, that's probably my choice. <laughs> that's completely fair. Um Mike, what's your, what's your next choice? Because we're going to have each have two more choices, and our last choice will be from 1997 specifically. All right. My next choice, again, this is, you know, because I'm on a bit of a Nintendo kick, but my next choice is um, the game Gauntlet. I think it's more the um, arcade cabinet that would make it. Is that but due I think to your recent pickup? Yeah, but I also... Yeah, yeah, actually it is because I, I picked up the game for NES and I've been uh, researching the series a little bit when I picked it up just to figure out you know, how to play it, number one, and then I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. And I realized you know, this is a series that has uh, lasted the test of time and has quite a few games in its... Um, in its catalog, you know, it hasn't been a new one since like 2007. Uh, my favorite Gauntlet oh, game. Oh, wow, it's been that long. Hey, wow. Yeah. My favorite Gauntlet game is the GameCube one uh, called Dark Legacy. I love that game. And um, yeah, so I, you know, I was just reading about it. You know, it's a really popular arcade game. I remember playing it on my friends, I think it was a computer, one of them, when I was a kid. My first experience with that series. And it's one of the, one of the, 
first games I remember playing co-op. Actually, the first game I remember playing co-op, where you could have multiple people controlling multiple characters on the screen and playing together, uh, you know, on a computer. And that was always really cool because normally, you know, you're playing against each other or something. You're playing like a fighting game. You're playing against each other. And so to play a game where you are cooperatively, like basically Zelda, or some, something like that, a dungeon crawler, but you're cooperatively playing together uh, to achieve the goal is actually, you know, something that that game uh, was unique when it interested to me. So I think that for that reason, uh, and it being obviously a long lasting series, I think people have a lot of love for it. I think for those reasons, it eventually, maybe belongs in the uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't know what you think about it. It's one of it's. It's one I can't wait to get to on the 64, honestly, because I remember playing the 64 one a decent amount with friends. Um, yeah, that's one of the ones that like, stands too. out. Yeah, yeah. Is that it's it's cool. It's a really great four player, what could be four player player co-op. You're right, Mike. It is probably an early couch co-op experience for a lot of people. Yeah, because uh, I remember like even before in our love for these Ultimate Alliance style games or the one you mentioned, Power uh, X-Men Legends, I think it was called. Um, those those kind of, you know, they're developed in the same, in very much the same way as Gauntlet. I think mm-hmm. it was Gauntlet Legends was the 64 one. I remember playing that in Power Space and actually like, like at a party or something, just like playing it in the basement for hours on end. So definitely kind of led into these co-op style games where you're running around uh, on the shared screen and uh, taking yeah. down bad guys. So it's like a hack and slash kind of thing. It's really cool. See, I was going to stick with exclusively 64 games because there's a lot of good ones. Um, but, I mean, you know, we, we, we always kind of seem to circle back to the 64, so maybe I'll try and offer up a different choice. So I think in the past I've mentioned real-time strategy games like my love for Command & Conquer Red Alert. Yep. So rather than repeating Command & Conquer Red Alert <laughs> as a choice, <laughs> I'd say another good one is uh, Age of Empires 2. Oh, specifically, nice. yeah. specifically Age of Empires 2. When I saw on the uh, nominees that they had Sid Meier's Civilization, it's definitely a classic. It's you know it's got a lot of good elements in that game, and clearly it's 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 even kind of uh, has new iterations and has like board game versions of Civilization. But Age of Empires, that's where you get me in in interested because it's not just about building up resources and building up vast cities but also going through the ages and the mass battalions of armies you can kind of uh, represent on the on it's there's there's almost an element of tower defense depending on who you're playing against depending on oh, oh, yeah. playing against yeah. these brutal brutal kind of cpu enemies and uh, i just remember having even as deep into like university days having like land parties literally in someone's house where we all kind of get our laptops, download Age of Empires 2, and we're all like connected into one map, and we're all just kind of building up our armies and helping each other out, fending off these brutal nice. adversaries. Yeah, just uh, I don't know if you guys ever played that one, but th- I'd say that that's worthy of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I played 2 a little bit. Um, it was never a game that I owned, but it's one that I played at a friend's house for sure. I did play uh, 4 earlier, or late in 2021, or earlier 2022, because it's out on Game Pass. And they sort of expand on the whole thing that you mentioned about going through the ages, because every every time you sort of go through like a scenario, it opens up these videos and they're like mini history channel videos of them going to all these places and explaining what you just played and what you're about to play. And like a really well produced and shot and written thing. I was like, 
I, I just want to see this. Like, give me this as like a series. Great. The game is really fun too. I, I didn't make all my, my way through it, but, uh, and two, I think stands out for a lot of people. I think that's one that really like improved on the first. Um, I don't believe I played the third one, but I could be wrong. So four sounds like it's a bit of a return to form. Whereas three, not that it was bad, but it was about, um, like, you know, uh, coming to America, like basically like, um, the early American civilizations. Gotcha. And not okay. that it was a terrible game. Like it was still cool uh, to play, but it kind of lost that element of moving through the ages. Like, yeah, you could upgrade in this and that, but you were stuck in one era. So it was like, I was going to say, less- Eddie Murphy's in it. <laughs> coming to coming to America. I mean, to, to. that was the true sequel. Was yeah. that game? Yeah, that's right. Not the movie that just came out. Yeah. Obviously, it's got some clout behind it too because they're still making games and it's still kicking butt. That fourth one, man, it's fun. I didn't play it online or anything like that because I feel like I would just get killed, but uh, literally would just consistently get my butt whooped. But the way that they structured. The single player and all that it's like wow they really built upon ideas that were before it which is awesome yeah, and where most of these choices like i wouldn't mind giving the first one a pass first this time i would say age of empires 2 specifically because it had that far reach and most people are used to playing it on like lan or you know multiplayer online kind of thing so yeah gotta got have that uh a somewhat forgotten rts game on the list somewhere right so there's there's ours for this year um i'm always here for the rts game yeah <laughs> well starcraft star starcraft starcraft got in in 2021 so that's right uh so it's got to be an rts sometime in the next couple of years so hopefully it's that one all right so uh my next one i have i have two choices but i'm just gonna pick one because We've been talking N64. I got to go with Banjo-Kazooie. Because <laughs> mainly because I love that game so, so much. And I love that series. I do think that you... I mean, they, they weren't made that far apart. But you don't really have a game like this unless you have Mario 64. Super Mario 64. But I think, to me, this is a more fun game. It, to me, it is uh, has great music. It has... You know, fun graphics. It's very colorful. It's it's very family friendly, just like Mario games are too. But I just love the creativity behind it, and I do think that there's just a lot to do in this game. There's a lot of fun to be had and exploration in these mini levels and dungeons that you that you walk through. And um, yeah, it's just a little bit of a of a bias pick and nostalgia pick. But I I I do think that um, unfortunately, in some ways, this the series was forgotten because rare is no more or at least isn't the same as what it was when they made these games um between this and goldeneye and perfect dark and stuff rare was on fire in the rare late 90s. yeah exactly and this is my favorite that they've ever made so i'm gonna go with banjo kazooie as my next pick uh all right we're gonna go to our 1997 picks now so we have we're going back 25 years and we're going to pick one game from 97 that we think should be in the hall of fame at some point. Uh, Mr. Michael R. Power, what's your 1997 pick? Uh, mine would be... Okay, it has to be Goldeneye. I know we've mentioned it before. I'm sure we have. We have? I'm pretty sure someone's brought <laughs> it, it up. What is it? What is Goldeneye? Goldeneye? <laughs> <laughs> and it was our best game of the 90s. So it has to be Goldeneye. But other than Goldeneye, because I think we've mentioned that before, uh, my pick was Star Fox 64. Ooh, um, I almost picked that. That's awesome. Some, like something from the Star Fox series, probably. Uh, for me, it's this one. This is my favorite Star Fox game. Always and forever. 
heart XOXO. Um, <laughs> Mike and Star Fox sitting in a tree. <laughs> um, Man, you're supposed I, to I, blow I, on the cartridges, not pick <laughs> out with them. <laughs> Man, whatever you do in your own time, that's fine. You know, do it in a tree, whatever it is in your basement, doesn't matter. Just, yeah, just do it without us. <laughs> Dave accepts me for who I am. Um, yeah, on the other hand, <laughs> you leave Star Fox alone. <laughs> I was, was going to say something that's highly inappropriate. But, um, oh, sorry, I won't say it. But it's okay. Um, yeah, Kids that's today funny. aren't playing sixty-four. <laughs> <laughs> Only us. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> only 30 plus yeah. oh man only only the bums like us yeah uh, <laughs> no i you know mike only the back of my day and remember 64 crowd that's it um star, star fox 64 i love i uh it was actually my first that i played i didn't even know when i played this that there was a super nintendo version of it so i remember yeah, playing same. through this uh in co-op with my cousin i think it was that had this and then he goes, oh, yeah, there's uh, this is the second one. It's technically or, or third, maybe at that point. Um, I was like, really? Oh, OK. And then I went back and I played that at, at some point. And I was like, "Ooh, it's cool, but it's rough around the edges. And, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to play without the joystick and everything. But man, Starcraft, Star Fox 64 has so many cool elements to it, you know, yeah. like the branching paths and the secrets yeah. and cool boss fights and everything. It's great. It's so yeah. much fun. It's a great game. So. Yeah, that's my choice. Whether the first one, you know, I'll be happy if any of the Star Fox games make it, but that would be my choice, mm-hmm. the 64 one. And I guess, Dave, you can have me on your Remember 64 episode for the Star Fox episode if you want. All right, <laughs> I'm booking you, Mike. I'm booking you. <laughs> Consider yourself booked. <laughs> All right, Mr. Ian, what do you got? Honestly, like Mike, I was like, well, the easy choice is GoldenEye, right? And I want to see that make the Hall of Fame more than most. Yes. I, th- I think games. we all do, and and I think at some point it will be, but yeah. So it's interesting. If I want to sort of steer away from GoldenEye, then my 97 pick would have to be... Hmm. You know, there's one for PlayStation, but I'm trying to think of the criteria, and not all of these were like far-reaching, if that makes sense. Sure. But some sure. of them are classics. Um, that being said, I think safe to say... well. Grand Theft Auto 3 is already in there, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, which it which it should be because a game like that kind of revolutionized, you know, open world games. So PlayStation is going to get a lot of love. The game that I was going to mention, I'm going to save it for maybe our next round of backies conversations. All right. Um, all right. But I will say Gran Turismo probably deserves a place in the Hall of Fame. We often talk about our love for racing games and a lot of the times we champion like, you know, Diddy Kong Racing or Mario Kart as like the goofy racing games. Gran Turismo is one of the most realistic racing games I've ever played. And it really makes you realize how difficult driving can be because like, you know, if you've never done it like on a racetrack or even in a like a serious video game like Gran Turismo, you might think, oh, it's just what what are these race car drivers doing? Like driving, like it can't be that difficult. But it really is, yeah, especially just breaking and gas. How bad yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially when when they try and make it as as real as they do with Gran Turismo. And the other thing I loved about Gran Turismo is like actually getting to use real cars, not like the knockoffs yeah. you get sometimes when you're playing like cruising or like any of these other games where they try yeah. and like do spin offs of Lamborghinis and not actual Lamborghinis. So yeah, kind of always stuff. some goofy name or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> so like I, I do like the realism of that Gran Turismo brings and like it has a long legacy 
but I think it started with the first one in ninety six. Yeah, and one and one of them just came out this month too. Just came out in March, like the newest one. And it's just like, yeah, it's all about the realism. It's all about the love about cars. I, I remember, you know, I I don't know if you have to still do this in the most recent ones, like the last couple, but I do remember in those one, two, three, I think are the ones that I played a lot because friends had those um, on PlayStation was, you know, you have to get your license in order to drive certain cars, like things like that. They always look amazing too. I always remember that's been a big part of it too, is the graphics and the, and the detail and everything have always been amazing. And that, that happens now across the board, I think with a lot of games, but Gran Turismo for some reason was like top notch every single time uh, when those games came out. And even when it was, this was PS1. So even then, it was like, holy crap, that's a that's a car. Like, that's an actual car. <laughs> and and you, you can start to get an appreciation for which stock versions of cars are, like, the most upgradable. And, like, you, you start to get into, like, which cars are actually, like, you know, real, like, speed like driven cars. You know? Speed so demons. Like, yeah. Speed demons <laughs> on the road. You know? All right. My 1997 pick uh, is another one that's not... All of these iterations of this game are my cup of tea, but the first couple I played a lot on PC, and that's Fallout. The first Fallout was released. And, you know, you talk about RPGs and you talk about open world games. This had obviously a different look than than it does now. Now it's all first person and everything, but this sort of top-down look. It looked like what Diablo looked like at this time, but it was an open world interesting idea at the time. We've seen, you know... Mad Max and other types of movies based on this, but this is the fact that they actually got you into this type of world in a game with amazing storytelling and writing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think this game, these games especially, but this game kicked that off and did it so, so well that it's hard to ignore that Fallout in 1997 is is like a huge standout. It's, it's, it's such a huge year for games, but Fallout I, to me feels like it's it's gotta be at least in the conversation. Um, personally, I don't know. Do you guys have any experience playing these games or at least I think the older ones? I don't know. Not the older ones. Zero. Zero. Uh, yeah, the older like, ones? Yeah. For me, it's like, I was always a Nintendo, well, I had Sega Genesis and then Nintendo primarily. Right. Right. And, uh, and then when I got a PS3, I got fallout three, it sort of came with it when I got it. And, uh, like I was, I was given it at the same time. So yeah. So I played through fallout three and I was, sort of blown away it was kind of like my first console open world type game that's that fall that, three is that, huge too that, like that is that's a yeah. big important game as well that did a lot to sort of push things forward so that's yeah. i mean that's a really good one to go in on too because of all the stuff that it does um this first one looks like my jam dave i love this game called quest for glory and it was like that yes. same angle looks so. very similar yeah yeah uh, and cool. it's you know it's good it's choice. it's like all the other fallout type of games like you know there's there's that and even you know all the new ones and stuff too like mm -hmm. they all have really good writing there's always like all these things to discover there's all these people to meet this to save mm -hmm. or not save you know your item inventory your building your different types of weapons you have to watch where you walk because you could just step onto a trap and not know it you know you walk into it different definitely types fits of the factions. theme of you know long lasting and stuck around and, you know usually these hall of fame games usually are you know franchise starters and uh, that fits in. So yeah, choice. so follows my choices all around. All right, They'll, they don't even have to do their uh, research. They don't even have to do their work next year. They can just <laughs> you know, listen to this podcast, and they'll have their nominees right there. We are I mean, really it's... just a feeder podcast for the Hall of Fame. 
You're welcome. <laughs> Especially with our backies. You got a lot of gold in there. You can dig, oh, dig yeah, for. 96 backies. If anyone wants to hear that, that was a blast, man. That's so much fun. I, already, I can't wait to get to the end of the year so we could do that for 1997. But yeah, That's um, why I specifically sure. held off on one because I'm like, oh, it's going to be better when we get to the backies. Nice. I love it. Don't even, don't even, don't even come close to teasing it. I just want to, it's got to be a surprise in the next, you know, nine, 10 months from now. I don't know if you're going to come up with anything better than Hot Dog Storm. So. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what that name is all about. <laughs> I've revisited it a couple times. I'm like, so where did they get this name? That will forever be the greatest name yeah. in, back in my day history. The back east history. Uh, we got to we gotta find something to top that. If anyone hasn't heard, early early this year, early January, we had the backies, and we just went through a whole bunch of funny, goofy categories. And for some reason, this game called Hot Dog Storm came up. And we still can't figure it out. Ian has not slept in three months. <laughs> no, I, I want that one executive that takes our, all our ideas to just like think that he stumbled upon a gold mine when he comes across our hot dog storm conversation and doesn't realize like the name is just the name and he, he somehow implements that as an element into the movie. <laughs> into the live action remake with hot dogs falling from the sky. <laughs> Well, he's got to listen to this episode too, because it's got to be the follow-up. You have more ideas, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so we more have meetings uh, to come. On more meetings. More meetings to go. What? It's Batman, right? Where he picks up the red phone. It's like the direct line. Yeah. The, this one's got to be. I don't know. Green, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> pick a different color. Brown. We don't want to get sued, so pick a different color, color. of money. Yeah, <laughs> color of money. <laughs> the color of an inflated wallet. <laughs> Uh, lots of 97 stuff coming up. Um, we just recorded a, uh, a pretty big deep dive into the Batman, which we all saw. And uh, Lauren Romo was with us as well from the Galactic Podcast. And that was awesome. That was a whole lot of fun. We also have um, uh, Moon Knight. I keep forgetting the name. I don't know why I want to say Night, night something every time. It's, just, it's not, it's not Mr. what it is. Knight. Mr. Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight. Knight. Night well, guy. <laughs> it's funny because when you, you mentioned Remember 64 as like a sister podcast, I'm like, maybe it's just like your moon night and these are all your different podcast personalities <laughs> swirling around. <laughs> uh, I can't say anything because that would just give away my identity. <laughs> I can't say anything. That's right. Um, okay. So uh, until we get to our next episodes, which uh, our next couple will be, at least one of them is going to be uh, around Moon Knight. Um, we're going to get the first episode up on our main feed and then uh, go episode by episode on our Patreon feed as well. Mike, where can everyone find that stuff, including the Patreon itself as well? Oh, I'm excited to uh, dig into Moon Knight. I've actually been reading the uh, Moon Knight Omnibus as oh. uh, research for that. So, yeah, stay tuned for our Moon Knight breakdowns, folks. But you can uh, keep track of us and when our episodes are coming out and everything on social media at Day Back In. So that's on all basically all social media platforms at Day Back In. Uh, the podcast is called Back In My Day and find it on any podcast app of choice. And if you want to support the podcast, you can find us on patreon.com slash back in my day. And, uh, you know, if you can't afford to support the podcast, what you can do is, you know, give us a listen and rank uh, a review, five star reviews. Those help on Apple iTunes or Good Pods, which is, you know, uh, a podcast app for indie podcasters that we've been using a lot and getting a lot of good feedback on that podcast. So check us out there. Uh, back in my day. Yeah. That's it. That's our stuff. That's where to find us. 
gentlemen, until we uh, until we talk about Nightman, I mean uh, Noon Might, uh, Noon Might, Might Noon, Might Noon, Night Moon Moon Night. So it is Moon Night. Noon Might. I got it. <laughs> Crescent Paladin. Is that next week? Is that next week? It's coming. Uh, it is in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, man. Nice. If it's not next That's week, exciting. it's the one after. So we're really we're cool. really close. It's gonna be great. It's a Moon Knight, and then Moon Knight will feed right into Obi Wan Kenobi. Right into Obi Wan. Yeah, that's it. That Disney's got us. Disney's got us, but it's all good. It's worth it. It's all good. Okay, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Anything like this head-banging, sky-flying, rock-hopping, egg-shooting, tag-teaming duo. Banjo-Kazooie, only for Nintendo. Ah!